So we've been watching WandaVision. We have. And I have some thoughts. Thoughts? And opinions. Opinions? Casey, does this mean that you are willing to theorize? I normally don't, but this time, I wonder. Ouch. Welcome back to Talking Nerd to Me, baby, the podcast that comes to you some Tuesdays at 7 a.m. PST. You gotta keep them, keep them on your toes. Keep you on your toes. Keep you up on your toes? Just like the cat. Just like the cat who knows that the moment the mic comes on, it's time to be a pest. And yet, always tries to stay out of the spotlight whenever we actually try to... She just wants no one to be a star. She wants to be the star, but she doesn't want anyone else to be a star, but then she doesn't want you to know she wants to be the star. Stupid Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello. While we are trying to get back on a normal schedule, something that is on a schedule that shouldn't be is WandaVision. <laughs> hey, segue. Yeah, I want to binge it. <laughs> I know. So, WandaVision is everything I have wished for Wanda since the beginning of her character arc in Age of Ultron. Well, end of... I mean, that's when... Oh, yeah, technically... The post-credit sequence scene. of the Winter Soldier. Yeah, so it is. technically that. But um, since Ultron, what I've wanted for Wanda is finally coming to fruition. Now, I believe we <laughs> should uh, preface this episode with a bit of a warning of if you don't like WandaVision. Uh, GTFO? You, oh no, I was going to say something. It's really bad. Oh no, I don't Just, know if you want to. It's in, I'll say poor taste. Okay. Rather than lack of taste. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, just like if you don't like WandaVision, you you don't have taste. And I was like, oh. No, no, that's true. It's just the, <laughs> you know. Yes. <gasps> but it's really great. But it's really great. Um, it is currently on episode, we just saw episode six as of watching this. I think so, yeah. So as of us recording this. And you hearing it, episode six has aired. And one thing that this show, sorry, I'm, I have coffee feelings. Um, one thing that this show has done that no other Marvel thing has ever done is get Casey to be willing to theorize about things. It's true. <laughs> I am one to like, I don't want to know. I just want to see it because then it all starts. Let me take you all the way back to the far off land of 2007. I mean, if you listen to TikTok, that's ages ago. It is. And there was this little indie project coming to theaters that I wanted to see by the name of Spider-Man 3. And side note, I will fight for Spider-Man 3, but I won't fight as hard for that as I will for The Amazing Spider-Man 2, because that's a whole other thing. That's a discussion that will take but us that is a five minutes. Thing. It's True, but five minutes I'm not willing to spend. However, 2007, Spider-Man 3 is coming out. And the day, either the day of or the day before, my friends, like, we were all talking about it. 
And oh wow, what was it like to be in like middle school, high school, and have friends who also liked these things? It was a very small group, and so I cherished them. But yet, there was also <laughs> a lot of infighting. However, uh, <laughs> but uh, actually, my friend who did this. You met. I did. My, I'm shouting out my friend Jace that we met at the concert. Oh my god! Yeah, the random the, person. The oh, okay. S- sidebar. Sidebar. Yes, please. So, uh, Casey and I, when it is allowed and safe to go to concerts, do enjoy going to concerts. I should say that because of like this, we keep pulling away and like going on other tangents and getting pulled in other directions. This episode is much like Wandavision. It's true, and we'll give you little bits of what how we feel. Little bits at a time. So, <laughs> but it just because of the same unexpected happenstance of a, a different faced brother showing up at your door, and the the living in my own safe little bubble and it getting popped a little bit, yep. or someone intruding. Uh, Not intruding. I I love Chase, but <laughs> but still. Um. So Casey and I went to go see Mastodon. Yep. And it was my first time ever seeing them, and we had like pretty far away seats. Um, like, cause yeah. it was at the... It was at the Greek. The Greek. The Greek. We, we got to the Greek. Um, and so we were up there and Casey wanted to go down to the mosh pit area for a sec. Like, why did you go down there? I didn't go down no, there. No, you saw from far it away. It was just, it was just, so yeah, we were in our seat. We were, um, if you're, <laughs> if you're facing the stage, we were in the, the high up on the left side. If, if your eyes are facing yes. the, the stage. And I was just looking down at the mosh pit because I, I've, or the, the pit. Uh, and because I've been in the pit. A couple pits. people were trying to mosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been in the pit before and I. As have we all. I fell in, in the pit. pit. But uh, I do enjoy being in the pit, but I'm not a mosh fan. So I'm just like, let me get as close to the performers as possible and everyone else can leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, which I, I know sometimes is something to ask, is a hard thing to ask for. But anyway, we we're just looking and I was just, I was just looking into the pit because I was just, you know, watching and looking around and enjoying myself. And all of a sudden I was like, that looks like a friend I made in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> and I had tried messaging him. I was like, dude, are you at this concert? And, uh, eventually when we went to go look at merch. Yep. Uh, I, cause I saw him leave and I was like, okay, well now is a good time to, to check and see. And sure enough, he was standing around with, uh, one of his friends who I met a few times, but whose name is Skip, who, uh, lives here. Um, I was like, is it you? And he's like, oh my God. Like we just, (laughs) he just happened to be visiting and just happened to be at this same concert. Um, and the the other band that that was co-headlining was Coheed and Cambria, and so I was thinking Coheed of, was co-lining. Yep, Coheed was co-lining, uh, and Jace <laughs> was the person who introduced me to them so, as a band, and so I. It was just a series of. Yeah, I was just like, I was thinking of him because you know he was always you, been the music guy. You and have manifested a reality. I did. So how dare you get to be Wanda? I don't. Mm. You know, you if you're Manif- expect- the okay. The thing to take away from this, dear listeners, is manifestation works when you least expect it. <laughs> and also, 
I am apparently Scarlet Witch. And as much as you may want me to apologize, I will not. Because she's the best character. Uh, anyway. So. Uh, now going back once again to 2007. <laughs> where Spider-Man 3 came out. But yeah, the, the whole point of that whole aside thing was just like... The, the uncanniness of it and the uncanniness that is the show. Anyway, 2007, uh, we're talking with my friends. One of them is Jace. Yes. And again, so this was either the day of or the day before. I believe it was the day of or the day that Spider-Man 3 released. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jace w- had all of these theories of like, I think this is going to happen and this and this and this and this. And then I go see the movie and it's just all of those things that he said. And I'm just like. So I just watched all these things happen that I knew was going to happen yes. or, or figured was going to happen because it, you know, it made sense and seemed like a likely thing. And it was just like one by one by one by one. Hello, cat. And so it, it was just like seeing all these things and I, I minus maybe one or two things. It was just pretty much like, I guess I got told what the story was before spoiled. it happened. But not even spoiled because it was just, you know, a very, I guess, educated guess. But after that, I just decided, you know, I, I like hearing, I like theory things and I like hearing what people think. It's a lucrative business. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, But sometimes I like hearing afterwards or I like, I more enjoy people's thoughts after the fact and, you know, people's interpretations or takeaways from stuff rather than what you think is going to happen. Or at least I try... You like analysis a bit more than you like theorizing. Yes, and it is because of Spider-Man 3. <laughs> no, but... So much of your life can be traced back to Spider-Man 3. It's true. It was... Formative. The, the sp- Seeing the Spider-Man movies, actually pretty much all of them in some way are very pivotal for me. I know this about you. Maybe I just, I don't know. Just waiting for my powers, my spidey powers and my spidey senses to manifest. Please don't go out and try to get bit by a spider. I promise nothing. So, uh, bringing it back to (laughs) WandaVision, that's why I I just kind of, I'm just like, la, 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 la a bit because, you know, Game of Thrones was a big one about, you know, who's going to get this and who's going to get the throne and what's going to happen. And I try to stay away from that as much as possible. Uh, I know, because I would try to get you to talk about things, whether it be for Marvel, whether it be for Game of Thrones, whatever it is. I would try to get you to talk about things, and you're like, no, 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 I don't do that. Well, another thing, too, is because, and you know, a, a major one was Batman v Superman, but nowadays it's just all, almost all the trailers nowadays just show the movie it's ahead true. of time. It's true. And WandaVision's also guilty of that, but we didn't watch it. I know. And that was on purpose for me because I have just like, I don't want to see, you know, I just want a glimpse and just a very small minutia of what's to come versus just, okay, here's everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Get ready. And I'm like, why don't you just tease me with little things like, it can be done. I've seen it done. Oh, well, yeah. You you take your setup and you show, like, the first enticing incidents of, like, the first 15, 20 minutes. And then you have the entire rest of your hour, hour and a half span left to be a surprise. One of the things with 
you know, the MCU specifically, but a lot of franchises and stuff, especially if it's not the first one, mm-hmm. is people are already going to see it. Yep. So, you know, you don't need to take that experience away from them. It's like, you know, sometimes just a poster or a release date is enough to people be like, cool, well, I'm, I'm in. going there. I'm there that day. Yep. The money is already on its way to yep. you. So, you know, I just don't understand that whole need to to spoil things. And you know, I think we've mentioned it before, but I was genuinely surprised by the amount of cameos and unexpected appearances in Hobbs and Shaw, yep. of all things, just to be like, let's let people be surprised. And I'm like, why can't so many other things do that? Why can't all things be like that? Where it's just like, you know, tease enough to make you want to watch it. Because they or- don't think people, like, they think that that's what's going to sell their movie. But, you know, especially with franchises like the MCU and, and I don't know, other ones like Star Wars or whatever, like, people are going to see it. So you don't have to do that. And, like, they're, the franchises have gone long enough where they should know that by now, I feel like. Maybe. I, I feel like it's actually the opposite way is that they think that they're so – that it's less that they're trying to get people to go to see it is that they're trying to be the most – like, they're trying to do that top of the box office thing. Yeah. Where, like, we but know people – that. <laughs> yeah, but, like, we know people are going to go see it. So we have to give reason to go see it opening day. Like, you think we spoiled this for you. Everyone else is going to, so you have to see it this time, and then we get to be the most whatever box office thing. I guess, but speaking Movie of, terms. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, speaking you know, they had the whole campaign of don't spoil the end game, And people actually listened to that mm-hmm. and respected it and followed it. it. And that put it, you know, it put it in the spotlight. Gave it the attention that they wanted and that it deserved. And, you know, it's like, why can't we always do that? Just people respect and don't post spoilers of stuff. Because they also want to get the most views on YouTube when they, like, do their, look at what this is. Well, yeah, YouTube I can kind of understand because, you know. But when it's, like, a serialized thing like this, it, it, it it's another problem with um, cast listing. Mm, like IMDb? Yeah. Mm. Like people will, they'll post, okay, this is the cast list or there were photos of this person being on set and stuff. And I'm like, man, like there's just no surprise anymore. However, all of that being said. All that being said, 15 minutes and we're going to talk about WandaVision. Yes. And we'll do like a full review of the like The whole show when it's over. Yeah. But this is talking about theories and what we think. And it's really, really hard for something as interesting and intricate as this show to not have ideas of what they're setting up because they are clearly setting up so So much. much. And, like, it's worth noting. One, apparently this is is phase four. Yep. Which makes no sense to me, but whatever. I mean, so phase three ended technically with Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. What I will say... On that whole shenanigans is they need to plan out what they call phases better. Like, just because, like, you know what, like, Endgame should have been an end. Having Spider-Man be the end is anticlimactic for your phase. I just, I, well, I mean, I would say 
more of that in phase two because age of ultron came out and then ant-man came out that same year and that was technically the end of the phase so they do it by like the last film of that year um but i think it's okay you know actually as i'm saying this i'm like they could have easily made far from home the beginning of phase four even though it was the same year because but like you know because it's about the aftermath yeah and so like at first thought, at first thought of, of seeing Endgame, you're like, okay, this could be the considered the epilogue mm-hmm. to Endgame. And in a lot but of ways it no is. no one likes epilogues. But <laughs> also phase four is clearly dearling, 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 dearling with the aftermath of Endgame. Yep. And that seems to be what this whole phase is about. So that could have, you know. Yep. It, anyway, still not WandaVision. <laughs> um, well, I don't even but, but this is the kickoff of phase four. Yeah. So what I'm... Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yes. Is technically Black Widow was supposed to be. Right. And so there is the caveat of what is in Black Widow that would have played into this. And like... Because you know for them to put all opinions on Black Widow being so late in the prequel or whatever... Putting that aside, there has to be something in there that affects Phase 4. Because that's what Marvel does. And so we don't know what that is and how that plays into whatever they're setting up in WandaVision. Right, because, you know, they could have, uh, from what it sounds like, and with the exception of whatever this little thing at the end, whether it's like a post credit scene Mm -hmm. or whatever... That clearly wasn't allowed to be shown uh, until after Endgame was released yep. because, you know, it it would have been fine. But that clearly, like, the release is an indication uh, that it ha- has something to do. The fact that it is in phase four means something. Yes. And so I think that uh, there's the potential of Black Widow being alive. Oh, in some form. 100%. Because you see when, uh, like, they did the online D23, like, and released all of their trailers and stuff. And I was willing to watch those trailers. Because I, as someone who was feeling a little lackluster about the Disney Plus shows, it actually gave me more hope. But um, Loki having that one section that looks like it's Black Widow on that planet, like, that felt like we're saying something uh and it's the planet from infinity war and endgame right yeah it seems like it um the only caveat i will put to that is her hairstyle feels different her Mm. hairstyle looks like avengers i mean if you get brought back to life (laughs) sometimes your hair just looks a little different you know i mean especially if you're black widow whose hair is different in every single movie it's gone on several journeys Yes. I, I want to say, is it Vormir? Is that the name of the planet? I could be completely I wrong. I cannot remember. But the point is, like, there are so many things just in WandaVision, but, and just knowing what the lineup is, that I think there's going to be so much interweaving that we haven't really had before, mm-hmm. or at least there's going to be more of it this time. So I think that it has something to do, obviously, with the Soul Gem, which is what people were thinking about for a long time, and that there's a connection with that and with uh, Gamora. Yep. And so that will be what 
like a lot of people are have been calling it since Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three: The Search for, for Gamora. Gamora. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the the funny part is like it is would be exactly like the search for Spock. <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh, and you know and they you have a Gamora right with them. Yeah, and, but and my worry a little bit with that Gamora is that will we we will kind of invalidate her and her journey, and I and like I get it. There's the Gamora that we like. There's the Gamora we love and have grown to whatever. And that's the I don't, one that I want. <laughs> I know. And I could see the two of them agreeing to merge into one Gamora timeline. But I don't want them to, like, write over this other Gamora because to me that feels, like, invalidating to kind of what we've set up with things. Yeah. Do you, Are you thinking something, funnily enough, along the lines of Nebula? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, fighting her past self and, like, I'm better than you are and you suck. <laughs> Maybe, but they didn't set that up for this Gamora. Because this Gamora, like, punched out Star-Lord, which, you know, my feelings are right on. <laughs> um, but Nebula that we met. So the two Nebulas. This is not about WandaVision. <laughs> hey, Technically, we were going to talk about what WandaVision is setting up for Marvel. Yeah, this is all about theories and stuff. So you will get the full WandaVision once we do. Our SEO of this episode is WandaVision. The actuality is Marvel as a whole. So with Nebula, they clearly made new Nebula not good. She made the wrong decisions, and thus she died. Like, do I... Aside from all the things that could be messed up about that, with but, um, like, it was clearly, like, good, bad, fate of the world meant this one needed to live. The issue with Gamora is that Gamora decided to help. Gamora decided to do the right thing. And new Gamora decided to do the right thing. And so by saying we must destroy this Gamora to get our other Gamora is invalidating that choice that she made to sacrifice her own sister to help out the other version of her sister and, you know, save the universe. Yeah, I wonder if there will be, like, a full-on fight between the two of them or something. That could be interesting, but I don't... I don't... At this point in time with where the story left off, I do not support Let's Murder New Gamora so that... Yeah, I don't... I, I definitely don't want that either. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking more of like the looking at each other and, you know, throwing down with each other. That's, that's more what I meant. And, you know, because I, I think, uh, Nebula, you know, in the first guardians is considered a villain and, you know, now she's a member of the team. And so there, it was, it was a it was a, a it large my contrast. Guardian, to be very honest. Yeah, but th- there was a, a large contrast yes. between the two, and I don't think there's as big of a contrast between Gamora, be- between and the Gamora. two, <laughs> between Gamora and Gamora, because Gamora is really good, and Gamora, I mean, other Gamora just hasn't found that as much yet. But you can see the beginning of it. You see the start of her journey the same way that other Gamora had the start of her journey, because there's yeah. a moment that you choose that hey despite the risks to myself, Thanos can't do X, Y, Z. And it was just a matter of where in that timeline they are. Because, like, the timeline of New Gamora is 
pre us meeting Gamora. Yeah. And so just it's like pre having that family yeah. dynamic. Uh so yeah, so I I've noticed already we're seeing um even though we're past the Infinity Saga and we're done with the Infinity Gems, we're already seeing them kind of divided up again. I say in yep. air quotes because that's all stuff with the Soul Gem. Other Gamora and Black Widow, whatever that may be, is dealing soul is gem. direct uh, consequence of the Soul Gem. And then you have Vision, who has a Mind Stone. Yeah. So there's that, and also Wanda Vision or Wanda is. Basically, a product of the reality stone. Yep. So, I think that's what this whole phase is about, is about consequence. I like, mean... if you were to just slap one word on what this phase is about, it's about consequence. I mean, and that's why... <laughs> that is why Far From Home, being in the, the epilogue, is so annoying. Because that movie is about consequence of Tony Stark. Yeah. Like... That movie is legitimately about the consequence of, like, the sacrifice Tony made and the people who still hate him for it. And how that ramification goes through. And it's also... Yeah, go ahead. The beginning of the multiverse is what I was saying. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because that is the first time that the phrase is dropped. It's the first time the phrase is dropped by someone who's making it up. But we get our post-credit with J. Jonah. Who is it's the first appearance of someone from Fox. other movies, yeah, like from other uh, it was Sony, Sony, uh, but from whatever. other outside of MCU movies, yes. Um, in 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 not IP, so like Spider Man is outside MCU movie, but yeah. previously cast characters yeah. from outside MCU movies, yeah, uh, which so, is apparently a thing, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, more on that soon, uh. <laughs> but I would say it's also the consequence of Tony's choice to uh, mentor Peter. Yeah. Like, that one was a very personal thing because, it's like, yes, the consequence of how he is perceived and what he did for the world, but also the, like, most personal the, thing yep. of this person that he basically, in some ways, chose as a successor. Yep. And not, like, completely, but in a lot of ways. And in, in, in a... a I, I mean, you could argue Iron Man 3, but more so, than anything else... If they had kept Harley, then I would argue Iron Man 3. But I'm saying, like, he took it a step further than just, I'm going to help this kid out. No, With I'm going to set this he, kid up to be a hero. There's a difference between, I'm going to give you some stuff and we're going to help each other versus you're an Avenger. Yeah. Words that he says to him. So, like, it that one was very personal to that. And so, I... I'm guessing that's why they kept it in phase three because one, they don't want to have sp split phases in the same year because, you know. Why? I don't know. Uh, but, your stupid so, Q1, but, Q2, 3, 4 thing. But that, hold on. So that, but also the fact that it was so tied to Tony, which is what the Infinity Saga was about. Yeah. So, like, that was still tied to Tony, whereas these other but things aren't. But I could aren't. see the argument also being made of, like, letting that caveat of it being tied to Tony Stark, which, honestly, a little bit of WandaVision also is. Totally. Um, and but it, but, I agree with everything. Yeah, but it, it also lends itself to being the, the segue into... 
Yeah, maybe maybe they shouldn't shouldn't make it phase three anymore. They can phase it out of being phase three and just make it a happy little bridge, a little web connecting, if you will. <laughs> so maybe it's just a little little webby string tying phase three and four together. But anyway, uh, yeah. So with WandaVision is already setting up so many things, and I think it's for one. I'm enjoying the fact that we know the subtitles of the yep. coming upcoming movies because that it's just. It lets you see a little. Like we were talking about before. See, it is all connected. I do bring things back around. Uh, it's just a little hint, hint of what's to come. And, you know, just that's all we need. All we need well, is that, a freaking subtitle. It Subtitles and a tiny bit of casting. And sure, I say yeah. that because we know that Wanda is in Doctor Strange Multiverse of True. Madness. Yes. So, like, and I think that's fine because they don't tell us what she's doing. They don't tell us, like, a whole big setup plot thing. But, like, yeah. it, it, from when they announced it, stuff like that, and knowing that, you know, XYZ is probably going to make, like, there were other ones that were, like, this person will make an appearance and here. Like, I think it's okay, like, you said, like, I think the reason why it's okay is because Wanda is clearly a very integral part of the Doctor Strange sequel. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't, that's not even something you could hide considering that she's second on the cast list yep. right under Benedict Cumberbatch. So it's like, okay, she, and the fact that it is using the term madness, which, you know, with any bit of comic book lore, you know, you can get an idea of what's going to go down. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I think Some Lovecraftian okay. crap. Yeah. But, but yeah, so like that. That's enough. And then you know that, like, I liked getting the lineup because it lets you think about how things are going to interconnect. Mm -hmm. And so having WandaVision actually be our startup is really, like, outside of my issues with how they classify Spider-Man Far From Home, like, we are getting the setup of S.W.O.R.D. and what that means. And what that means is we're going, like, intergalactic full throttle in this next bit of thing. Like, S.W.O.R.D. is meant to deal with all outside universe stuff. Rather than, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., which was, like, what we've been dealing with, which was mostly, like, Earth-related. Mm. Uh, we're, we're expanding past Earth in this phase. And I think multiverse is one of the ways that they plan on doing that. And then having Thor be out in space again having the Guardians and then the Eternals. Like, we're getting larger than Earth. Yeah. In a lot of different ways. And, I don't know, I love multiverses. I find it really interesting. And seeing what that could mean, like, once we started, I actually think getting the castless drop for Spider-Man 3. Yeah. The next Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> See? It all goes back to Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it really does. Be and getting the cast list and, like, having that, like, the F is happening with Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and all these other old Spider-Man castings being part of this movie, I think was the right move for that. I, I mean, I'm okay with it, but I still think it would have been... I don't know how they would have kept that a secret. I know. Well, that's what I was going to say is like we and it's and it's our fault. Mm -hmm. It truly is our fault because we are always salivating for this stuff. And so because, you know, it, go back uh, 10, 15, 
20 years even we were so our culture was so about celebrity and and tabloid and tabloids and paparazzi and stuff we watched the framing britney spears thing and how messed up that is yeah and i feel like in some ways we've that sort of shifted gears towards superhero movies and movie franchises and stuff more than before because it's like just any any bit of information Mm -hmm. is just something like people are just clawing for and so you can't you know no one can film anything especially with like the improving of technology and your phone is basically a high definition film camera yeah so like you know it's impossible it's almost impossible to sneak somebody onto a set yes nearly impossible well that and and drones and yeah exactly like it's just becoming harder and harder and now nearly impossible for somebody to make a surprise appearance on set without it getting out somehow uh and so like i think that you know that's not spider-man 3's fault for people finding out all this stuff uh at least it was something that was found out and not just Hey everybody! Did no, you, it's they, not like the crossover of the Arrowverse where they're like, "Look who's in this!" It's like, can't you let me do that? Versus this was just like, well, like you the- found out, so we're gonna be like, "Hey, this sure. is gonna be crazy." Yeah. Uh, so like it, they they took the right direction from that, which is like, okay, well, people know, yeah, it's gonna get weird. Yep. And the fact that you have uh, Sam Raimi, yep. no, Sam Raimi is, he's doing. Sorry, he's doing uh, Doctor Strange. Strange. Uh, so I am wondering if we'll get maybe even a little bit of Spider-Man stuff considering he did the Spider-Man movies. Uh, but, like... Yeah. And it's why, like, I find the stuff with Pietro... My feelings on Evan Peters aside. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, she's not an Evan Peters fan. I'm not, and I don't have a great basis for it. <laughs> and at least I acknowledge that. Um, but, like, my feelings on, like, him as... Like, him as Pietro aside, like... The setup of these other faces, like, to me, it feels like Pietro is an alternate version that we have not met. It's not the X-Men movies version. It's an alternate version that went through a very similar setup, but not the same. Yeah, which makes me wonder, uh, because we don't, I don't even know if it's going to be in this phase. Because they they just announced, like, the movies they had (laughs) set up so far, not necessarily the end of the whole phase. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wonder, and I would almost expect the full integration of Fox characters or whatever they plan to do with that will happen with Deadpool 3. Maybe. So the one thing... I just feel like Deadpool 3 will be the heavy lifting of that. Can I bring in one theory that I've seen floating around? Sure. So... Since we are talking theories. Yes. So the person that, uh, Rambo calls... She calls a friend to to get, like, help. And they mention, like, an astrophysicist scientist person. I've seen it proposed that it's either uh, um, Hank. Oh, Hank Pym. Hank Pym. Or Reed Richards. Mm. And so I'm curious about how that is going to play out because I don't think we're going to get like a big answer, but I think that we will probably get a name drop. And I don't know if that will bring in even more outside characters. Yeah, maybe it, 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 it makes sense that it would probably be one or two of those. So it, it begs the question of, is it going to tie into this new 
thing that we haven't addressed yet in the form of Reed Richards, or if it's going to be more connection to other stuff like with Hank Pym, because WandaVision is also already throwing in the mix of I, and I love this. Sorry. I got, <laughs> I did a very dramatic point. I love that we're getting a lot of integration uh, or like intermingling of minor characters. Yes. So, you know, just because I, I love that because just because, you know, this person was in this section of the film franchise doesn't mean that they can't be in other things too. Because if the superheroes can can do it, why can't the other characters that we like? Yeah, do they it? all exist in the same universe. Yeah, exactly. And so you know we, but because those movies are getting, uh, the the franchises that they are coming from are also getting movies in this phase. Yes, it's like okay, there's going to be even more intermingling in that way. Well, they're definitely we, setting up something to do with. Um, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel. Yeah, and so you've got cap connections to Captain Marvel. You have connections to Thor. You have connections to Ant Man and the Wasp. So that's what, like, with with that mm-hmm. um, of her using her phone a friend lifeline. Uh, yeah. It's uh, that's just a question of okay, is it going to bring in one of the the new incoming things, or if it's gonna so more intermingling? I could see it be more about bringing in the new. Only because I feel like if they were going to go the Hank Pym kind of route, that they would do it through the Randall Park. Because he's from that series. That's true. And personally, I would rather it be Reed Richards because I I want to see more new Would stuff. I rather it be Reed Richards? I know. But hey, maybe this will be the version that you like. Maybe they will make a good boy and nice, wholesome Reed Richards. Maybe. And if they can do what everyone seems to want and get John Krasinski and Emily Blunt to do it, maybe. I mean, that would be interesting. If you give me John Krasinski, maybe. I have a history of hating Reed Richards to an extent that you can't course correct for. But if we don't get some kind of other reference to Captain America and Johnny Storm looking the exact same. <laughs> I will be disappointed in everybody. I mean... And you will be sent to your room. Because we're doing a... Your inter- you'll be sent to your interdimensional space pocket. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be in that movie, but it would be a fun thing in like, you know, Multiverse of Madness or something. If Or like at some point where there's connection to the Fantastic Four, they'll be like, oh, that was weird. And like, hmm. I... I don't know. They they have to acknowledge it something because they're acknowledging much, everything else. Much in the way that I fully leaned into and loved the time jumpy parts of Endgame with for its fan fiction tropeness, I would be happy to have that moment in Multiverse of Madness where they're just hopping through universes, making every single fan service joke they possibly could for like ten minutes. And they like Here's the thing, you know, some people are like, oh, I hate when they do that and stuff. But they, I don't care about that. But they've also earned it. They have. They've earned it more than any other franchise. Like, they did their own thing and, you know, they... They own it for slowly becoming a monopoly. <laughs> it's true. And so if you're going to be a monopoly, you can at least use the free parking. Hey. <laughs> hey. But, uh, yeah, so like... Another thing like that is, you know, we were talking about the stones and the interconnectivity of interconnectivity of everything. Uh, Loki is yep. associated, associated and stole the Tesseract. Yep. So and is 
pretty much confirmed to be like a time policey sort of thing. Like the the thing that comes to my mind when they talk about like the way that Loki has been set up is actually um the the time agency from Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah. With the one that Jack Harkness was originally a part of. Right, right. Because they hop through and, like, do different things to account for all that stuff, which he was not good at. But <laughs> but that's what, like, that's what I'm thinking for this. Like, that's what it seems like they're setting up. Which means that we're going to, again, play with multiverses to set up whatever's happening. Like, I, I feel like WandaVision is setting up reality breaking down because of these people who are now showing they have the power to alter it. Yeah. And they're, and I feel like they're setting up more than one. Totally. Because there's Wanda, but I don't think Wanda is solely responsible for what's happening. And so that means that there's at least one other character capable of, like, altering reality. Totally. I think just in the same way that the show is kind of chipping <laughs> away at what we're finding out about that it's also metaphorically and literally breaking away at the mcu and and you know the lines yeah and so like the the barriers are being broken through and being breached in some ways of of other things uh and so you know i don't know if like with jay jonah if he's just you know that's this mcu's thing and you know that's is he the one constant (laughs) (laughs) could be he could be the, the linchpin for everything uh, but yeah, I I like that WandaVision is just knocking on that door and just, you know, literally in some chipping ways. away. Yeah, chipping away at, at, at little things like that. And so, you know, I I'm excited with uh, a lot of ways that it's going to go. Um, you know, we we haven't talked a, a whole lot about Thor, but, you know, we had mm-hmm. we have Darcy and we know that uh, there's going to be Jane Jane as Thor uh not lady thor just thor because she gets to be thor and so i'm wondering what that's gonna do for uh for chris hemsworth if he's just gonna you know if he's gonna stick around or if he's gonna take a back seat or what that means honestly i'm excited for it because i'm like i I don't know because i don't know what he wants out of the character like because he he seemed to be like reinvigorated for the character and like of all of the original both though yeah, no. Well, I was going to say, it does work because he has Stormbreaker. Mm-hmm. And then we have canonically brought back Mia Mia. Mia Mia. Mia Mia is, is back in full Mew force. Mew. And so that would be if, Jane's weapon. And I will say, my number one argument for seeing Thor the Dark World is Mia Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Always and forever. Always and forever. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I think they definitely could. So I I just, I like the thought of, well, what is what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, and when we were thinking of Endgame and Infinity War and all that stuff, it's like, okay, who's going to die? Because contracts are up. Who's going to die or who's leaving the, you know, who's stepping, at least stepping aside for an yep. indefinite amount of time. And so I, I think that Chris Hemsworth has proven that he is enjoying experimenting with Thor and trying different things. Like, I think that I'm excited to see what happens in that because I want to see Especially how Especially being this... our first one to reach four. Yeah. I, Thor reached four. Thor four. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited to see that question answered in some capacity, you know? Yeah. And 
it's also what I'm in, what I'm enjoying and what I'm hoping stays for this new era of Marvel movies, because I think it's the only way that these Marvel movies are going to survive because people have been getting like a superhero burnout is leaning into this weird strangeness. And what I mean by that is all the way up to Endgame was like our titular superhero story. The build-up, the setup, it was classic. It was what we needed to get people interested in superheroes again. What we have to do now is expand. And it involves breaking down the archetypes we've been used to and trying out some of the really weird stuff that happens in the comics. Because WandaVision is doing a really great job. It's, you know, sitcom. Like, the setup of the sitcom was amazing. And it's playing with genre. It's playing with storytelling. And I'm hoping that that setup continues on. And I guess, like, we won't really know until we see, I guess, Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. to see if it keeps up with the new seemingly like large scale direction like everything has been so cookie cutter in structure cookie, cookie cutter and traditional traditional i'm trying to think like it's been on a like a human playing field. Like we've come at it from what do we as people living on earth understand? And it's time to reach the doctor who level of what else is happening. Yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. And they have to do that because if they fall back onto their like classic superhero tropes, they're going to just, burn everybody out again. My, that was my worry for Black Widow. That's my worry for Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think one of the things I'm glad they lean into, and it seems like they're <laughs> going to even more because of what's going on in the world right now, is, you know, TV is the way to go with a lot of things. And so I don't, I really don't understand why, like, Marvel and the MCU as a whole was like, yeah, I mean, it's in the continuity, but not really and maybe it's not maybe it is we don't know and like netflix we don't acknowledge that and yet we maybe do do? yeah and so i'm just like who cares like just lean into it like people like guess what people like tv and i think like it's a good way to expand on characters and you know do these different things structurally from what i understand there were as someone who did not finish agents of shield um, there was set up in there for some things that then popped up in the movies, but the difference, I think, between what they're doing now versus those earlier versions is control. Because on Disney+, Plus, they have full story control. When they had it on even ABC, when they had it on Netflix especially, they, somewhere in there, are executives that are not from their team. Yeah. And... The moment you do that is the moment they want to hedge their bets and not say that, like, everything that happens in this show is going to affect this thing. And so now that they have full control, they can fully integrate it into whatever storytelling there is. And by making it 
seemingly quintessential yeah. to be able to view this, you get people to subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah. And that's like, that's the that's the biggest thing, yeah. I think. It's like the reason that we're getting TV shows that are like integral to the buildup and momentum of the MCU as a whole is to get people to subscribe to Disney Plus, yep. which I'm like, I'm not against. Like a lot of people get mad about Marvel owning everything and doing all this. Like as yes and no, like, am I sad that like some other people can't tell these stories anymore? Yes. I haven't liked an X-Men movie since X-Men 2. <laughs> like I've, I've enjoyed them fine. But I haven't, like, been invested in X-Men since X2. And, like, I like Deadpool fine. Like, it's fun. But I'm not invested. The only Marvel I've been invested in was the MCU. Because it was the only one I could trust to keep coming back. And so having And these, keep a continuity. And keep a continuity. At least <laughs> Keep a continuity and at least try. And some of that must be the security of knowing that you're going to get your next movie. But yeah, and it's also, you know, it's coming directly from the source of Marvel itself, which, you know, you can take it or leave it of how that makes you feel, but it is coming directly from Marvel itself yep. uh, versus just owning the rights to a character. That and it's also I I am a crossover like crazed fan i love crossover because i love seeing outside point of view of people and and by that i don't necessarily mean like oh it's not one of our main characters but no i want to see how you know darcy what darcy thinks about iron man i want to see what these people think about that or like how darcy reacts to wanda like just give me darcy but, <laughs> that's um, the takeaway but, like, I love that kind of stuff. And I like the ability to comment on these things that we take for granted as, like, normal, which is, like, the plot of the, like, the Avengers from the Avengers point of view is normal. Getting to see another side of that is really interesting to me. And like band members show, showing up in the middle of a basketball game. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, that, that is something I enjoy. And that's what bringing these other properties into this means because like i like the x-men characters like i grew up on x-men evolution and x-men the animated series and i really like those and i loved you know the first two x-men movies the ones after that just started to be so <clears throat> convoluted not related just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks yeah. kind of yeah and also focus so much on gene gray and i do not care no offense to gene gray fans i don't care about gene gray or scott summers they are so boring in every iteration that they've been presented to me. And with X-Men and my enjoyment, my a lot of mine comes from uh, the my interest in the relationship of Professor X and Magneto. That's that's a side that I really enjoy. Uh, but I don't know. Are you a shipper? I mean, yes. I mean, if we're talking Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, yes. yes. <laughs> I... Would not care if they recast Michael Fassbender, but I'm of the minority opinion. Yeah, like I, I think he's he's done great with that, but it it's also they need to pick a lane and stick with it. It's true. 
And so I, th- I think one of the interesting things about WandaVision and what it seems to be like with phase four and the MCU as a whole is that they are cleverly allowing themselves to pick and choose <laughs> who they want and what they want to do. Like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, you know, close mouth Deadpool and, and, you know, they just, they didn't make it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the. But I also it, kind of want them to let Hugh Jackman just be retired. Well, that's, that's actually what I was just about to say. And. A. Yeah. Cause they can also respect the things. Like, they don't have to just go in, bowl in a china shop with all the X Men stuff. Like, they are allowing themselves or, to. Or, 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 oh my God. Juggernaut. Juggernaut in a, in a china shop. Boosh. <laughs> like, they, they can. They can pick and choose. And, you know, with the idea of multiverse and, and bringing things over, as we have seen, seemingly on accident. Marvel zombies. But, you know, they I, I think that's a really smart decision of their way through storytelling saying, okay, we're not going to do, we're not just going to drag the X-Men over. We might pick a few things here or there, maybe even just to the level of a cameo, mm-hmm. but... You know, I, I don't feel like they're weighed down by uh, acquiring the rights to the X-Men again. No. I think they're, it's just like <clears throat> a launching point. And, you know, there there are ways, like we have been mentioning, of like a ways to acknowledge that and, you know, maybe bring some things over, but they don't have to. Yeah. And also, like, I'm excited for what that means about other minor characters that they've got. Because that means that they can elevate them to something else the same way they did with the Guardians. Like, yeah, and well, I was going to say, the other thing too is the interesting, another interesting thing is that the first sort of, not even crossover, but establishing different portrayals is with with Quicksilver. Yep. And, well, I mean, they they didn't really have a wand. They they name drops. No, sort that, of she's wand. there. Like, she's, she, so in, in that universe, they're not twins. Um, she's a little child. They show her for like half a second. Yeah, the uh, and if that's like their version of the Scarlet, which I guess it is, because they call her Wanda. Okay, I didn't know if it was like we're calling her Wanda as to name her after. No, her. It, it is canonically his sister. It, that's just a little kid. They show her watching TV, like. Okay. The, yeah. They yeah. So it but it was reduced to like a little mention yep. and like yep. a little nod versus yep. you know. Fully well, they fledged. didn't have rights to her but yeah i just think it's interesting that what is sort of bringing that foxness over is with quicksilver and wanda because they were like we can't call the mutants and all that sort of stuff yep. uh but i think it's it's just interesting to me from a storytelling perspective of those are the characters that are also going to introduce us to that i mean potential side i'm excited in just general because i love the maximoff twins in every generation <laughs> Like, I love Pietro and Wanda. I've loved them since X-Men Evolution, which was my first introduction to them. And I've loved them ever since. And so getting to see some kind of payoff of both of them is exciting for me. And the idea that we might get to, like, actually have some kind of thing with Pietro, even if it's Evan Peters, like, I want some justice for that character. Well, uh, let's... I, I, I do want to briefly mention that because with I think it fits with the theory thing and everything, which is that 
I don't know if he's going to stick around. I don't as think Pietro, he is. Or at least he's not going to be that Pietro. Because what I'm learning and what we've seen through WandaVision thus far is that like while I I really enjoyed his Quicksilver in the, the X-Men movies, he is not the MCU Quicksilver. No. He doesn't feel right. And But he also like, the stuff he says he has he gets wrong. Yeah, and and you know, they are showing that Wanda is clearly uncomfortable and with this and like it just it doesn't it, feel right to and her. so uh, yeah and so i'm hoping that if not through this at least somewhere down the line that we do get the Aaron Taylor Johnson Quicksilver back yeah but like they've set up in like little itty bitty like things of like some of his flashbacks don't make sense to her you know some of like she's like you just don't feel right you don't look right and all that and so we know that he's not her pietro and whether or not that means he's fox's pietro is a whole nother thing entirely but i just want some payoff for that character as someone who really loves that character that being said they're setting up my other favorite set of maximoff kids right and not so that they're maximoffs but <laughs> we could easily get into not. a whole episode of this just for like we're gonna let amy talk for two hours about the young avengers there it is i love the young avengers it is one of my all-time favorite things with marvel and i can talk forever about why i love the setup what does everything mean but like basically i was so excited when the trailer for wandavision dropped because it showed the twins and it showed billy and teddy sorry billy and Billy and Teddy. <laughs> no, well, Teddy Teddy is also a young Avenger. But just Bill and Ted. I know. But Billy and Teddy are young Avengers. Tommy is also a young Avenger. The The twins are Billy and Tommy. The couple is Billy and Teddy, which is funny. Because they, they face the music at any point? Uh, no, but they are blonde and dark-haired. Um, But... Basically, like, they've set up everything that they need to do some iteration of the Young Avengers. We have the twins, and they have their powers, and they're set up to show that they have their powers. Those twins are probably going to disappear. At the end of WandaVision, they're going to be gone, and we're going to think that they're dead, and they're definitely not going to be dead. We're going <laughs> to get another show where two slightly older versions of these twins pop up as not twins. Do you think that has that is something that will be dealt with in the multiverse of madness. No. Um not in a main But do you think like line. that, you know, the disappearance of the twins I or something that is that's what, what is going to set her off in that way. I think that and probably the final death of Vision is going to be what sets her off. And also whatever goes on with Pietro, yeah. which I'm I'm less certain of. But I think losing Vision and losing her kids is what's going to set off whatever makes her an antagonist in Doctor Strange. Yeah. And from there, we're going to go into, I don't think it's going to be until we get to Hawkeye that we're going to deal with any of this again. And Hawkeye, we're going to get Kate Bishop. Right. And so with Kate Bishop set up, I wouldn't be surprised if some, and I mean, we could probably see a drop of this in like Winter Soldier, not Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon. Falcon, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, and I, I don't think Loki will touch on this at all, but we could touch on it very briefly in Falcon Winter Soldier of Cassie Lang and bringing her up again. Um, 
because well there's there's also kang coming well yeah into... but but that's not gonna i don't think we're gonna hear about him until the movie that he premieres in yeah um because so kang is the big bad of the young avengers and Casey has not read Young Avengers, so I don't want to spoil him on anything. I'm and, waiting until I finish WandaVision. Yep. And then I'm going to read it. And So I don't want to spoil him on anything. But, like, in very vague terms, they've set up most of what they need. And they've also brought in, um, I can't remember what they call themselves, the one that has Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is part of a different group. But I, I'm thinking they're going to bring her into this yeah. just because they can. And same thing for Riri Williams. I think they're going to bring her into this as like a sub-in for something else. Yeah. Um, but we have also had the setup of the Skrulls. And we have setup of kids of Skrulls. So that gives us everything we need for Teddy. And I would love... And it shows like Skrull integration into society and all that kind of stuff. So we already have that set up to give us Teddy. And we know Cassie Lang is being recast again. Yeah. <laughs> Which, poor, poor other girl. But Cassie Lang is one person that we need. And then I think Riri might. So, I, it's hard to think. The only character of the initial Young Avengers that I'm missing is Iron Lad. And I I can see them introducing that into whatever Young Avengers show they make, and that would be the premiere of Iron Lad. But I could also see them trying to use Riri Williams as a way to bring in something with that, but I don't know how that would change the storyline of Kang the Conqueror. Because it would. And that's fine. But... The storyline of King of the Conqueror also involves a lot of time travel. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> is there, is there one just... that you think that there's going to be, like, do you think it's going to be introducing Iron Lad or having Riri Williams take their place? I think that because... that will depend on what we see with Kang in the Eternals. Is he in the Eternals? I thought he was in the Eternals. He's, I know he's for sure in uh, the Ant-Man and Wasp sequel. Interesting. I don't know. I thought he was supposed to be in the, in the Eternals. Eternals. The internals. I mean, he, he very well could be considering time and, and everything. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get hints of him yeah. before his really big... Kind of like they did with Thanos. Yeah, that's that's what I would figure for that. Uh, but what I mean is, like, how... Do you think do you think it's going to be Iron Lad or do you think it might be Rory Williams? I ask this because of what they did. Specifically, I'm, my specific example is Age of Ultron, where they took the storyline of Hank Pym and just... And uh, gave most of the elements of it to Tony. Do you think... With the casting of Kane the Conqueror, if they are just giving the story, no. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> so you cannot... <clears throat> so Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my voice in my excitement. You cannot give the story of Kane the Conqueror to Riri Williams without changing the story. But I would be happy for them to change the story somehow to make it work. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just I was just wondering if you if you thought that it were gonna give a guess as to what path they were gonna do. So They're gonna change it or I at this point in time, I think that they might be changing the story, but they aren't 
giving the story. It's yeah. hard for me to say without because like there's a pivotal thing that I cannot talk about. Okay, but I mean, yeah, they. We've also seen them throw a title on something that really doesn't have to do with its comic book. I mean, they do that all the time. Like they they give it the title like, like the Civil Mandarin? War. <laughs> <laughs> the manner that I was thinking more like Civil War and even in the X-Men movies, the days of future past where like they give it that title, but it doesn't really have much to do with that particular Maybe. comic book storyline. So you mean like with Riri? Just in general, like I was, I don't know if they're going to do that again. We're like, we're going to give it this title, but it's not going to actually follow that comic book storyline or not. Or so whatever. maybe like, I, I fully think that they're going to change something. I like, 100% they are going to do Young Avengers in some capacity. I think they're going to merge it with, oh my God, I still can't think of the name of the other group. Like they're going to merge it, which means that the storyline changes. If we get some elements of time travel in whatever setup they give us, like some the blurb about Riri Williams and that show, because this is going to be a show. I think so. Like they've announced something and they announced casting. Yeah. To some extent. If what they give us in that says something about time travel, then they have altered Kane the Conqueror to fit in Riri Williams there as Iron Lad. Um, doesn't mean that I'm... I am neither for nor against this. I love both stories dearly. But there is an inherent change to doing that. If they don't, then some way we're getting Iron Lad. And I know people have been like, we can make Harley Iron Lad. And I'm like, no. You cannot. As much as I wish Harley got his due as, like, a successor to Iron Man, which maybe they can. Like, who knows? Yeah, I mean, you know, there is possibility for... They could make an, an original character or something in yeah. some capacity. I mean, the Iron Man Adventures? Uh, the One of the cartoons was Iron Man, and that's where you get, like, Pepper as rescue. And... Like, full-on, she yeah. is always rescue. Like, there's a whole Friends of Iron Man thing yeah. that, like, they're willing to create stuff for. Iron Man's Happy Friends <laughs> featuring Happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I'm, I'm curious. And, like, now we have Morgan, if they ever want to do something with Morgan. Um, but she's too young right now. But... Like, there's, there's a lot of ways it could go, and I can't say 100% right now which way it will be. Because we're just theorizing. theorizing. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to, like, briefly see if there's anything we need to talk about for some of the other ones that we haven't really... Like, we haven't gotten super into uh, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Um, do we think that that's going to be where things kind of explode a bit more? Or Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. I think that's going to be, you know, we're getting chips away. It's chipping away at it with WandaVision. I think it's going to explode a bit more and expand with uh, Multiverse of Madness. Well, I think everything leading up to Doctor Strange is going to be chipping away at reality. Yeah. And showing the extent of which reality is breaking apart. So, and uh, we already know that... Uh, what comes first, Spider-Man or Doctor That's Strange? what I think Spider-Man is, Spider is first. Then I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere in there we get either... A tiny bit of and uh, Doctor Strange or a tiny bit of Wanda. Yeah, well, because uh, Tom Holland was uh, confirmed to be in uh, 
Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So he he's for sure going to be there. And yeah, so I think Spider-Man comes first. And uh, Doctor Strange is shortly after that. Uh, but okay so but yeah I, I think that's gonna be kind of like the culmination of that side yeah. of it well because so i don't so the one thing i don't know about as we wrap up this podcast um the one thing i don't know <clears throat> is what they're building to like <sighs> multiverse of madness seems to be a civil war event that scale i don't know what their next avengers level scale is yeah like, that has not been announced. We've gotten a lot of beginnings and continuations, but we have... Like, I don't necessarily think that they're going to keep doing Avengers movies. Yeah, like, I think that that sort of scale will happen in someone else's But I'm, But the thing is, like, right now, what we don't know is what that is. Yeah. Like, what is our, our culmination of buildup? Because... It can't be Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange is going to be a big moment. But I think, like, again, a Civil War-type moment. Because of where it falls in the lineup. Something else further along is going to be our culmination of whatever our overarching big bad is. Yeah. And we're also, since we're scaling back with Phase 4 in some ways, and we're getting a lot of uh solo movies again that are kind of standalone yep. stuff because we have uh shang chi which is you know gonna be probably some magic and mystical stuff um Eternal. a little bit yep. eternals which uh, i mean might deal with more because they're uh, maybe stuff uh and then there's black panther 2 at some point and then guardians 3 but we already know that guardians 3 and thor are going to be kind of closely yep intertwined in some way depending on how thor ends yeah because Thor's first. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I know that Guardians, because of the world and situations and stuff, it got pushed back a little bit and then they initially Everything's intended. Everything's pushed back. Yeah, but like it got moved and it's, it got pushed, kicked to the back of the line. <laughs> so I'm wondering if, like, what alterations happened yeah. there. But, yeah, I mean... It, there's a lot, there's a vast open multitude of universes ahead of us i i think the 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 main thing for with all of this and why i'm enjoying theorizing stuff is like we're getting a lot more comic book accurate stuff now and it's getting to be more comic book weird yeah <laughs> weird and but also at the same time a little bit singled out and mm -hmm. like characters are getting more of the spotlight and where they weren't previously and i don't know i think it's just this is the phase to just explore and experiment Yep. And so I, for one, am really excited for that. Me too. And I and I am also excited to go back to, like, smaller scale stuff. Like, I am really excited for Shang-Chi because I want that sort of... <gasps> and Blade. And Blade. Blade! So I'm excited to, to have, you know, I'm standalone excited. movies too. I'm excited to introduce vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh, you mean, like, Morbius? Ugh. <laughs> No. Oh, the amount of we live in a society jokers that I've seen in the past 24 hours. <laughs> in the meantime, I am happy getting my WandaVision. Me too. And I'm sure we'll do once it's wrapped up, we'll have uh, an episode about uh, Falcon the and Winter Soldier because that's happening as soon as... Uh, WandaVision's over. And from what it seems like, I think almost 
right after Winter Soldier and Falcon Winter Soldier's over, we're going to get Loki. I'm pretty sure that they're just continuing that. But I, I also, like, I think Falcon Winter Soldier, timeline-wise, is running congruent to WandaVision. Yeah, like, it, I agree. It, it's parallel. Because mm-hmm. I think however WandaVision ends, you can't then have Falcon Winter Soldier happen after. Yeah. It has to be happening during. Yeah. <clears throat> but they both seem to be direct, like... Much like Spider-Man Far From Home <laughs> is a direct, like... It's the a- right after Angry. Right after. Yeah. Like, from what they said about WandaVision, it's like, as soon as as soon as soon Endgame is over, we get... Uh, was it Westview? Not Westview. Is it Westview? Yeah, Westview. Okay, yeah. So it's like, she just went right into that bubble. <laughs> nope. She, she, well, she made a pit stop and picked up a dead body. I mean, yeah, but... As you do. As you do. <laughs> you All know. right. When you go on a when you go on a little road trip and settle down a little bit, you got to grab your little Paul Bettany corpse along the way. Yeah, you know this is just like the modern telling of Weekend of Bernie's. <laughs> <laughs> and, on and, that note, and on that note, this has been Talk Nerdy to Me, baby, where we have talked nerdy to you, baby. baby. Yeah. And hopefully you had fun. Let us know if you like these kind of episodes where we just talk a little bit more generally about a subject and just kind of wax poetic Poet. on our, yes. our new... That's what I wanted to say. I just wanted someone to say wax poetic. On our nerdy musings, which is actually like how this podcast came to be in the first place. So... Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again with you next week at 7 a.m. PST on a Tuesday. As always, I am Amy and I am at Amory by the Sea everywhere on the internet. You can find me there. <gasps> and I'm Casey and I'm Case Crusader and all of the things. Also, the just, you know, to have a friendly plug, if you like listening to our voices, we are going to be, from when you are listening to this, tomorrow night. At 7 p.m. PST, we yes. are going to be on Twitch at Tabletop Rolls for a D&D game, part two of our little guest spot. Yeah. So, uh, come hang out with us there, too. Until next time, friends. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye. Beautiful. Learn how to fur.